0: Welcome back to Caffeine Confessionals. My name is Alan Geary. We're here to talk about the Challenge Battle for a New Champion, Episode 6. I'm joined by my lovely Vermontian co-host, Zoe Trimboli.
1: Hi, everyone.
0: We are missing our good friend Luke this week, but he'll be back with us next week. Episode 6 of the Challenge, we got our second mercenary in the game. Wasn't as exciting as the first one, we'll be completely honest. Probably wasn't as controversial either. Uh... (laughs) But we had an episode. I thought it was pretty decent. How are you feeling, Zoe?
1: I thought it was a great episode. I had the same reaction as you to our newest mercenary. I thought it would have been a really great opportunity for Ashley Millionaire Mitchell to come in, um, starting off high. But overall, I thought the episode was great.
0: Yeah, it was an episode where we had a good daily challenge, some drama between two competitors, two big personalities going at it. Uh, we got a lot of shirtless Horacio, which... I mean, it's some great fan service for a lot of people out there, and an awesome elimination outcome, at least. I don't know if it was the best elimination, like, I've ever seen, but it was a very cool moment.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I think the elimination itself was um, evenly matched, and I think maybe with um, two more, like, fiery competitors, would have it would have been maybe something a little more exciting to watch, but um yeah overall i like i said i will never complain when a daily challenge is physical and they're in a mud pit i feel like that is always a good place to start
0: fully agree uh in today's podcast episode we're going to be formatting things a little bit differently we're going to be going through the like the 10 biggest moments of the episode one by one uh if something's missing apologies We're going to assume that you also watched the episode at this point in time, because if you care enough about the challenge, you're probably clicking on this YouTube video or clicking on the podcast itself. So we're going to assume you watched it. We're not going to do the traditional summarization as we've done in the past. We're trying to shake things up a bit, just because if you want to watch the challenge, just watch the challenge. If you're here to watch us, we're going to give you our thoughts.
1: Yes, as coherently as possible.
0: (laughs) Okay, jumping in. We're gonna start off at number 10, probably 10 biggest thing we're gonna go off in sequential order, not even just the you know the most important stuff, but you know, a bit in order of the episode a bit. Kicking us off, let's talk about the mercenary twist. And what does it mean for the game and what does it mean to the players? Because the players all come back from the episode and they talk about who do you wanna see in elimination? And is like, well Laurel is an icon, so I'd wanna see Laurel, which is just her talking in a way of like, it would be badass to go against Laurel, she idolizes her, but Do you want to see Laurel? Probably not. Some of these people are just saying names that like it would look good to say.
1: Yeah, I think watching from the stands in would love to see Laurel come in and take out one of her biggest competitors. But I don't think anyone wants to go against her in the sand. Um, I think and there was a little conversation between Kylan and someone else, I think, and they were talking about. Now what's what's strategy? Are we trying to get out the really strong competitors knowing we have a good chance at having a champ come in and knock them out? Or do you just keep going along status quo?
0: To me, it's like pretty simple. Like there's only one winner on this season. Only one winner, especially for the females in this game, you gotta take some big shots. This is your chance to get the Horacios out. This is your chance to get the Zara's out. Like you gotta go big and go for the people who are the biggest threats in the final like this is where alliances should get thrown out the window almost because you got to play to win and if you can't beat someone in the end then what are you doing here
1: yeah i think a lot of people have just been playing the game of like getting to the final for the longest time but like you said with one winner and it's just better TV too like if you're trying to be that character and you're trying to get that returning casting call make some moves, shake things up, go for the jugular.
0: I want to see some jugular moves. And I also get why so many of these people have not because almost everyone on this cast hasn't seen a final before at the same time. So they're just so desperate to get there that they're going to play safe. It just doesn't create the best TV.
1: Yeah. And with so many of them being fairly fresh faces on the challenge, they're also just like fighting to stay there longer so that they make more of an impression on production, more of an impression on the fan base. The longer, you, the longer you're there, the lo- more people will want you to come back.
0: Fully agree. And let's talk about a character who I think, right now, we're going to move into point number nine, and that is, Asif is kind of Mr. Delusional in this game, I think, in my like in my mind. Last week, we saw him get thrown into elimination by Corey because he was kind of just playing the middle where he wasn't too strongly connected to the U.S., he wasn't too strongly connected to the internationals, and he just got tossed in that elimination with zero thought that he would really bring anything to the game. As we've seen, though, Asif is very close with Jay, and he's part of this little four-person group with Michelle, recent and Jay okay. himself. Yeah, <laughs> But he's really just being used by them, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, Michelle says it pretty bluntly that Asif is her ears on the other side of the house. That's really all he's there for. Um, I think Narice is just like, I'll be in any alliance anyone wants me to be in. So if someone asks me to do something, I will say yes and it'll make them feel special. Um, I don't think either of these girls care about Asif. And I think Jay is ultimately out for himself. Like, I do think that they're friends and I think that he likes him, but I don't think that he would risk any part of his game for him at all He's just completely being used
0: and jay keeps trying to play this card that oh we're trying to keep our friendship under the radar i think he's trying to keep it under the radar for himself Yeah. because jay wants other people to believe he's their number one and so on and so forth not that he actually does care about awesome that much i think like wear that stuff with pride wear that your best friends with pride and like come into this game a little bit strong if you believe in yourself that much and if the bond is that serious
1: I, that would make me feel so self-conscious if I came in. Like, I I think that Asif is just not the brightest bulb in the box, and Jay's convinced him that it's, like, a good strategy for both of them. Um, But it would actually help um, Asaf's position in the game to be connected to Jay because people see Jay as in a very insulated, protected spot. So if they thought that he was really important to Jay, he people wouldn't take shots at him. So he's just being
0: dragged along. And because of the character that Asif is and how messy he is, I mean, like, we literally watched him call out Corey, his best friend of two weeks, you know, in front of everyone. If things get messy where Jay has the ability to save him and he doesn't, considering the bond they have, you know, Asif will just rake him over the coals and it'll have Jay looking like a snake, which, I mean, Jay kind of does play a snake-like game.
1: Yeah, he is a snake. I just... He, he, all of his confessionals just give me the ick every time. I don't know why. Um, but I I just don't think, I'd be really shocked if there's anyone watching all of this go down and doesn't think that Jay is completely using him and taking advantage of him.
0: It's tough because I do think he does care about awesome. I do think he does care about him, but he just cares about Jay more.
1: Yeah. And like, that's the bottom line. Right. And I, I admire that in people that come in to play this game. I think that's on some level you do need to put friendships to the side, especially like not your ride or die. Like maybe just like a good buddy of yours who is, again, not serving you really in this game. I get it. I'm here for it. But don't don't cry or cry me a river when you do have to stab him in the back, because I, I think it'll happen.
0: Though I am calling out Jay for this, when in reality we're about to talk about <laughs> when, uh, Melissa and Big T, who are targeted because they are best friends, because they are ride or dies. At the same time, those two people have very much insulated themselves yeah. in their own little, in their own little pairing, and not fully socially communicate with everyone. And because of that, they're the outsiders in the game. We go into the daily challenge where everyone has the mindset, okay, it's going to be a girls' elimination, Melissa or Big T, Melissa and Big T. You know, one as like the power vote, one is the house vote. So going into the daily challenge, that's what everyone's mind, they can't win.
1: Yeah, and then when we get to the daily challenge, the way that the teams are made did not help all of that out in the, for as far, as far as Melissa and Big T go.
0: Yeah, number eight, daily challenge, just fucked up. It just, it was fucked up in the way they formatted it. Where T.J. Lavin was like, you six people are standing there, you six people are standing there, you seven people are standing there. You're all on teams now. This is actually where it would have been awesome to have T.J. pulling names with three captains where you could see people strategically pick their teams. You know, who they think is the strongest, who they want to win with. People get very political and strategic. Instead, you're standing there, you're standing there, you're standing there. And because Melissa and Big T were on the same team, they were both at risk if they lost. Yes
1: which worked out in favor of our grand alliance that's running the show here but i'm always in favor of things like a schoolyard pick just for the, all the reasons that you said i think it highlights some people's strategic element that they have it also shows some relationships or even just how the competitors view each other and who they think are who they think's good and who they think's not good i like and i like to see the people's reactions who are getting picked last
0: too You know, we're Nani fans, obviously. No one was ever mad when they got Nani as a partner, which is always why, like, I've always thought, like, Nani's a good player because no one's ever mad when they get Nani. On free agents, uh, I'm going to give Zach a shout-out. Zach was always one of the top guys picked on that season, and it really told you how everyone in the house viewed him as a competitor, where he was getting picked over CT a lot of times, where, you know, obviously he's not a better player than him, but that was his standing within the house. Would have been fun to see some people get picked last, some people get picked first here, especially if it's someone like your enemies with, but you're like, this is a good player. I kind of need him on my team.
1: Yeah. And it's nice to see the people who are thinking that step above, too, that think, oh, I have to get some of these people that I don't really trust on my team because I can't have them taking shots at me from from another direction. And it would have um, nullified the opportunity for people to throw the challenge, I think
0: hundred percent into the daily challenge itself now number seven uh the mud pit mess we had the two teams basically teaming up on the third team that had uh melissa and big t not only that melissa and big t's had teammates who weren't even giving their 100% all like jay because they wanted the other teams to win to assure that they were going into elimination this was a bummer because as we all know we love headbanger daily challenges we love seeing people wrestle in the mud pit. And we got a lot of good stuff this episode, but it wasn't the true carnage it could have been.
1: Yeah, I like I like to see how these things shake out. I like to see who's got that dog in them. I like to see who's willing to like actually shove someone's face <laughs> into the mud or like just really go for broke. And so I don't I didn't come away from this daily challenge feeling like I had an accurate read on people's abilities from top to bottom because so many of them, especially some of these stronger competitors, and like olivia and mariah not giving it their all or like jay has jay's not a big guy but he is fast and he's squirrely like i was curious to see how he would actually do in this and i didn't get to really find out
0: it was tough to tell and there was also an interesting aspect in this daily challenge too where not even an interesting aspect like i just want to talk about the mud pit they were in just looked actually disgusting
1: (laughs) raven and before it started, when she, like, just walks over the mud pit, and she's like, there's actual shit in there. Like, it was so funny.
0: There was one moment where just, I just saw, like, the biggest splash of, like, dirt, mud shit just go straight into Kylan's face. And he was just so covered, and I was just, it looked so disgusting, so gross. But also, it's why we watched the show. Like, it's like, this was, uh
1: I, like, was it just, like, some random unused bit of farmland that they just saturated with water and turned into a mud pit? Because, like, it was, it was gross. It was nasty. Kudos to them, because, like, they all got into it. Nobody shied away from it.
0: It was not deep at all. You're right. It was not, like, it really did just feel like they just took a piece of land, filled it up with some water, soaked it up. God. Right. As we sort. As we saw, like the daily challenge like went on, uh the team ups really got aggressive towards Melissa and Big T. Uh they would literally wait for certain moments, uh, when to send in players to hold down Melissa, uh, including Nerice, which that moves on to this point. Some standouts were them scrapping. Nerissa <laughs> and Melissa, uh Nerice held down Melissa so that someone up Berna could get some points. Later on, they come at it again, and Melissa gets into it. She plays—now, you could say both people were playing dirty, but Melissa was playing dirty after the whistle. Yeah, Uh,
1: it it was that version of her we saw in her elimination against Sylvia. That was was Melissa again, and that's who she is in a physical um, elimination competition. Like, it's beyond scrappy. She will play dirty, and she was pissed. Like, I think her— kicking race after, after the whistle blew, so to speak, that was her just frustration. And from behind, too. Yeah. Wasn't,
0: was, it wasn't even a kick from in front. It was from, like, back turned after the whistle.
1: It has me wondering if um, Melissa is the kind of person that would try to unhook someone's safety harness, frankly. Like, <laughs> I could see
0: it. Julie Stopher is one oh one i I'd like to believe that only Julie would do that.
1: <laughs> you never know
0: can't no, Camilla would have also done that
1: camilla absolutely Camilla would do it like right now like if if she could was allowed within a hundred yards of anyone on the challenge or certain production wouldn't now,
0: even need to be on the challenge. could just be a random pedestrian.
1: That's true. She'd have like her baby on her hip and trying to do that probably.
0: I, sorry, I just, there's something I need to talk about. Not even, I don't need to talk about this, but it just, it brought up to my mind. Uh, Camilla was licking babe, ice cream off her baby on like Instagram or something years ago. And someone posted it on the challenge, like the challenge's biggest Facebook group, like fan group. And they got the whole page taken down with over a hundred thousand people. And it's just like, I always think about that now. Cause that was like one of my main sources of traffic for years. And Camilla took it down because she was looking ice cream off her baby.
1: That's crazy.
0: I I just need to give people the inside look. If you like, you've never heard that story, this is the only time I'll ever be able to shoehorn it in. Uh, that does not really relate to Melissa kicking Narice after the whistle, but I just it affected my life, and I just thought about it right now.
1: Crazy, crazy girls. I honestly, until until Camilla comes up in a conversation organically, I never think about her anymore. Like I, even when we we've been talking about female champs. That like could be part of the season. I didn't even think about her.
0: No, especially like I think D is also kind of taking the punching like the punch you know the punchline in terms of like people who are banned from the show. Uh, and it's also because there is like a more realistic chance of even D coming back on the like Camilla because Camilla was just like really crazy on another level. Yeah, she I just get- producer. Yeah, that's nuts.
1: And there were so many things before she even punched a producer that warranted her never coming back.
0: All right. This was the Camilla Minute. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's It won't be a regular special.
0: <laughs> now, back to Melissa and Aristo. They got scrappy. They got into it. Melissa is just going off. And I love it because this is like this is why she came to do this show. She's not here to be a mom. She's not here to be watching Bluey right now. She's here to be scrapping on the challenge, hooking up with Kylan. And, like, her claws were out. Nerese's claws were out, too. Nerese wasn't backing down. It's, it was just, it was a good fight.
1: Norris will never back down. That's that's what I love about her. She just, she gives me OG Nani vibes. Like, I, there is something about the two of them that I both love. But I, it just brought me back to her days on Ari the One, her fighting Dee uh, Dee for Malcolm which i'm sure is not something she wants to remember and maybe something she's talked about in anger management I'm not sure but um i enjoyed it i was here for it and i, I love the, I see a lot more of it moving forward
0: it's what we need on the show i also love that their their own individual body languages of when they fight narice puts her hands in front of her face like she's talking like you know she's like trying to like Talk to them like and then Melissa uh, Melissa puts her shoulders or hands behind her body and she talks forward with her face like this and it's just like
1: <laughs> I need a translator for Melissa too when she starts to get mad I need subtitles at the very least <laughs> I really have a hard time understanding what she says sometimes
0: Oof. we're gonna talk about them more in a little bit a bit let's talk about a couple other standouts uh yeah. Raven was very good in this daily challenge just like a whole lot of athletic, very fast. And then Zara was just way quicker than everyone, which is something we saw on World Championships in her daily challenge win with Wes over Danny and Tori. That girl, I mean, she's got wheels for days.
1: She's so fast and so graceful. Like, like I think it was Jay that just talked about her running across the top of the water, and that's completely what it looked like. The fact that she was getting to the ball and was already turned around and headed back to her team before people had even got. The other two women had gotten there. It was crazy. I the whole time I'm watching it, I was like, she's the MVP of this challenge. But also, I think a lot of girls were just woken up to what a huge threat she actually is.
0: It's crazy, too, because you look at her body and she's not she's obviously very thin. You would not think she would do well in anything that's physical, but she's so fast that she just dominates still. Mm-hmm. And then that, that's actually like the most badass part of it all is that she's so quick, you can't even tackle her.
1: Yeah, I love that. That's amazing.
0: It's a, it's a true athlete, which like we don't no there aren't a lot of true athletes on the challenge. There aren't a ton. No. They're good there's some good ones. There aren't a lot of like people like Zara like that who can like even the guys have to be a bit afraid. Like you gotta you gotta can- throw in Zara again mercenaries
1: the guys on her team were saying like she's the mvp if this is a ball that we need where we have to make sure we are really hoping it's one the color that the girls are grabbing and that zara you're up like you're in that position that's huge because these guys have huge egos so for them to just like openly praise a girl like that over themselves after especially after we saw they uh, will all jump at the opportunity to give us their resume um like they did deliberation recently i i think that's a huge testament
0: Zara is so impressive. Like, you think about her in the water a few weeks ago, too, and she's just such a big threat as she gets to that final. It's a and, huge
1: testament to her social game, too, the fact that she's not been targeted at all this far.
0: I will say I am a little worried. I, I am getting a bit worried. as I'm, I'm simultaneously – like, my excitement and my worry for Zara keeps, like, raising because she's such a good competitor, and she feels so comfortable in the game – But as we're seeing right now with Melissa and Big T, like, once they're out of the picture, Zara is one of those people who, you know, comes to mind as both, like, an international and just a big target. And I don't want to see her go.
1: No, she she should be doing everything in her power to keep those girls around because they are a shield for her right now.
0: Even in the eliminate, we're going to, you know, Big T and Melissa obviously eventually get nominated for elimination. I, I did find it cute that she had both their names literally written. On her on her on her cheeks. That was cute.
1: She's a social queen. Everybody loves her. Like she does she's doing something right. And people don't seem to find it like shady. They don't think it's dishonest. Like it comes across genuine. And I think it is. I think she does genuinely get like and get along with everyone.
0: Not so. in a show either. She's really just been like a true like a guy's girl and a girls girl. She's just friends with everyone.
1: Watch out, Zara! They're coming for
0: you if they wake up anytime soon. Which we'll transition this into point five, which is we have the staycation, which is the U.S. alliance. Uh, it's all the people who are bench- who are essentially playing the same game as the veterans did on Spies, Lies, and Allies on the last couple seasons we've seen, except now they've taken over those roles. Ed and Corey are your new like Fessy and 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 Josh, and they're just playing the part where they're going to go after the internationals, make the safe play, keep themselves going as far as they can. And I can't blame them for the strategy. I mean, it's a tried and true method.
1: Well, especially like Ed and Corey and people like that, who like Ed's not getting any screen time unless he's talking to his alliance. Um, Corey had kind of an embarrassing exit the last time he was on the show. So he's just trying to make it further than he did. Um and I think the other people who've been watching this show see what the Vacation Alliance has done and has kind of steamrolled and kept each other safe. So if you're that, the people at the top of that food chain, like specifically, I think of like Narice, Olivia, Michelle, Jay, I feel like they're kind of the ringleaders of all this. They're in a really good position by keeping this thing going as long as possible.
0: Great way to play the game, especially with the format they've been given where there's no punishment for last place there's no, like, randomly being called out. You can you can play as safely as you want and go far right now. It's just sad because this is not the TV we want. We want the excitement. We want the call-outs. We want drama. We want people making big moves. And especially, you know, we have this mercenary twist where people can make those big moves. And instead, people are coming out of this like, all right, Melissa and Big T. Big T, who is a very, you know, she's a good competitor it doesn't have the cardio for a final really
1: not a threat Melissa
0: Melissa, good competitor not a threat to win an individual final like that no so that's the move that's that that's the play everyone's making
1: it lacks creativity I think um but I think that a lot of these people are just looking long term and are assuming that they are going to have time to get out the targets that they need to get out I don't know. I think it's hard for me to be looking at what Zara did today and what she can do and for that none of these people to be thinking, oh, well, if there's a girl that we got to get out, this is the one we should try to get out.
0: Yeah, and Zara did have safety this week from winning the Daily, but, like, in in, a, in another week like that. Yeah. Exactly that. Or, I mean, Raven wasn't named tossed around, but Big T and Melissa were just on everyone's mind. Uh, we then go to the club where we see – some politicking, some scrapping going on. Uh, overall though, we see the heating up truly, and it was a big part of the whole episode. Nerice and Horacio are finally a thing, and it is really fun to watch because she's getting him out of his comfort zone. We got we, we got a shirtless Horacio lap dance. We got
1: That was not on my bingo card for this season <laughs> of the challenge. I if you had told me that. At this point, by episode six, Horacio was going to be given lap dances at the club. Um, I would have laughed in your face. Definitely very far outside of his comfort zone. But also, I think it just shows what a puppy dog he is. Like he like he likes Naree. He thinks she's beautiful. He that knows that she is kind of a party girl outgoing and he's just trying to keep up with her and this was like his sweet little golden retriever way of trying to keep up with her was by giving her a uh, lap dance in the challenge club
0: I had in my notes that Horacio is like the Ned Flanders of the challenge like he's just this wholesome guy and then he takes off his shirt he's the most jacked human on the planet <laughs> and it's just like he's just so nice and kind and She's so into that because she's just I mean, obviously he's gorgeous, as Michelle would say. Like if you have eyes, obviously Horacio's hot. Um, but she's so into what he what he like every other guy that Nerissa's been is not Horacio. And she loves that. And he sees Nerish just truly as for like how gorgeous she is, and there's a genuine connection there. Agreed with you though. Episode six, considering where we were, just episode three, shocking.
1: Yeah, I mean, even during deliberation, when Narice was, like, speaking him in Spanish and trying to get him to, like, just make the move, I was like, that's manipulative. Um, but I'm here for it. <laughs> it was sweet, because it just showed, too, that, like, they have clearly, like, made that connection before this. And that was her being like, no, 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 he's not with you. I'm with you. We speak the same language, literally. Like, um, I... Think that Noreen has probably dated a lot of dirtbags, and she knows that
0: we know that she's seen a lot of dirtbags. Yeah, we've
1: seen yeah we've seen some of the dirtbags. I'm I i do not even know some of the other ones that she's dated outside of this show. But Horacio is is the guy you take home to your parents. Like, and it, and on top of being all the good things, he's also ridiculously hot. Like he checks all the boxes. So I hope that they have a fairy tale ending. I don't know that that will happen, but that would
0: be great. I support them fully. I support their yeah. relationship all the way. I especially want them to work because I know uh, I know if they did break up, the entire internet would just be so mean to Narice because everyone oh, – this yeah. like, Rossi was the golden child, and, like, she would obviously have to have done something wrong, even though it could have been mutual or whatever. I just know, like, so okay, much I- is.
1: They love to slut shame women, like, especially this community of fans loves to slut shame the women on this show. Um, So they'll take any opportunity to kick a girl while they're down.
0: And the worst part is, like, Harassi would never want anything of it, like, anything like that. But that's just the way the world goes, especially with how so many people already treat Narise, even though she's just being an awesome reality TV character, a great competitor. And let's move on to talking about her scene at the club with Melissa, which
1: (laughs) it taught it brought me back to when I told you Melissa's literally the last person on earth I'd want to argue with. I could never. And that conversation did not go well. Uh did not go how Melissa wanted it to go, which was to get to some sort of like um wave the white flag. We're gonna get along for at least a little bit here. It just didn't happen. Wasn't going to happen. Um They they're not going to get along at this point.
0: There was a real underestimation of who Norris is in this moment as well, where she, you know, was like, oh, well, maybe we can go for Raven. Let's try and save Big T. She's my friend. We can work together in this moment, as you're saying. And Norris, as the power player she is, is, like, that's not the play. The play is Big T. It's going to be Big T just kind of prepare for it we can be friendly we can maybe work together in the future but no i like we're making this move it was decided in the in the in the dirt before the daily challenge you cemented it in that moment by kicking me and the best part of this interaction to me is the fact that both people thought they were right both people thought they won the interaction completely
1: i think that that will always happen with these two women frankly um I, I think because Melissa is the type of person that wants to have the last word. And so by Narice choosing to walk away, she took that as like a win. Like, oh, like you're not going to actually go toe to toe with me. And Narice took it as a win, not sinking down to Melissa's level and just arguing with a wall because she's grown a, a little bit in that way.
0: As we saw with the and Melissa stuff, like with the shouting in the hallways, creating a big target on yourself. Melissa will stay and kind of do anything. I mean, she's done some crazy stuff on reality TV in the past. Narissa, in this moment, by walking away big time, because she cannot create a bigger target on herself because she is playing such a massive game politically where she's, you know, moving all these strings where if she puts that target on her, she could go in pretty damn soon. Melissa's just cocky grin, though, as is walking away. Like, she definitely thought she won that, and it kills me every time that Narissa brings up I, I've been taking anger management classes. It just kills me every time. It's just like, <laughs> you just see something winding up in her.
1: I'm just so curious how she got to that point, <laughs> how she ended up at anger management. I'm happy that it seems like it's been a positive experience for her, but I have so many questions about it.
0: It's like one of those like movie guys, like I'm three days from retirement. I'm fucking three days from retirement right now. That's serious. like. I've been to anger management. I've, I've, I've done some shit. I've been working on myself let's not do this and it just no. it's a funny gag it's an actually funny gag it's like this is like i wish more uh, challengers said they went to anger management especially because if like they blow up it's kind of funny it's better than someone saying they're here for their kids in my opinion
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's that would be a much more entertaining line at this point point. and a lot of our challengers could use anger management frankly then again i guess it would have to be court ordered for some of them
0: though <laughs> Ooh, all right, Melissa. Great smile, great drama, great action. Just a bit delusional and a bit drunk too, because she comes back from the club, obviously very tipsy in my opinion, and she's telling Big T, uh, "I think we can get the votes for Raven. I think we can get the votes for Nurice. Uh <laughs> Can't get the votes for either, you, you know. And. Nope.
1: It was funny though when she said to Big T, like, you have to pick one, and Big T's like, race. and she's like, No, the other one, you have to pick the other one. <laughs> uh
0: she the oh, Melissa's delusional. She just is. She just doesn't really understand where she is in the game and the things she just assumed that she would meld in easily. Didn't happen. Uh it turned Big T against the world. They go to the deliberation. They actually ask for some promises beforehand and Melissa thinks she has James vote. Uh, she thinks she may she might have some other people's votes. The deliberation happens. The second or third vote is Callum, who's supposedly an international UK person. He throws about big T and from there it was just it was over. Even yeah, Melissa's big T.
1: Yeah, as soon as Callum voted that way early on in the process, I was like, Oh, this is done. I if I I think it could have been a little bit closer. I still don't think that they had the votes to protect Big T at this point. But when you have people that you're counting on very early on before it's even the scales are tipped one way or the other, and they're not voting the way you want them to, it's not going to happen. And I think that watching that deliberation, um, I think that that's what we're going to see for female eliminations moving forward for a while, that M- Melissa and or Big T are going to be on the chopping block every single time.
0: And then after them, it's Raven, because Raven is the only other name that's gone in so far. Uh, I, yeah. A slightly funny moment in the episode is when they were talking about all the internationals that have gone into elimination. And someone was like, oh, well, Raven went in and Cal was like, well, that's because she fucked up. That wasn't.
1: yeah she is so clueless politically because even when people when she's talking about she's nervous about getting called in and then someone's like okay we're trying to do big T." she's like no don't do big T." and i think olivia was like she doesn't know what the hell she's doing because like girl they're offering you a name that's not your name you need to just take any name they give you does not matter
0: it wasn't Olivia and I'm only going to point out it's not Olivia because it was Mariah. because Mariah is so nice when Mariah is like this girl has no social game, she has no idea what she's talking about I'm like Mariah's like taking shots that you like that, you know it's true,
1: yeah yeah i I don't think that Raven will be a- around long after the internationals but god how cool would it be if like she were able to like wake up in some capacity and be like oh i'm at the bottom of this u.s lines. what can i do to spin things in my favor she's not going to but i would love to see her try
0: there is something amazing about the challenge and the way players just always kick down on each other where yeah. you have these you know big team melissa raven james callum uh, even people who are on the U.S. side who don't fully know where they are in the pecking order, they could definitely align. They could definitely flip some votes and make some plays. But instead of doing that, they just kick it down and like two more episodes for me, baby. One more episode for me. Uh, it's the part of the challenge I dislike the most, uh, even though I'm not a big Big Brother fan. Um, When they can actually flip a vote on the majority, that's always cool to see. We rarely ever see that on the challenge, and it stinks. When it does happen, it's a big moment.
1: Yeah, and I wonder, like, do we not give give enough credit to the people that are at the head of these big alliances? Like, are we not giving them enough credit for what they're able to create and perpetuate and keep people in line and don't have them flip sides? Or is it just that, like, so many people play such a scared game and don't know what to do?
0: There is also, like, if you get to the halfway point in the game, you get an additional paycheck, like an appearance page like paycheck bump. So I know some people are going after that. Uh, when Ashley went into elimination for Amanda, it was partially an emotional moment because uh, that was the halfway point in the season where if Amanda had gotten taken out there, she would have made far less money than she did on the season. So people are maybe just trying to get extra money by just staying on as long as they can. Yeah, I mean,
1: and with episode by episode. HX. That tracks.
0: Big team Melissa going in. Everyone kicking down on them. Go to the illumination. We got a mercenary. It is the most exciting mercenary moment ever. It is Cass.
1: Who walks in like a pageant queen. She she walks in so
0: quietly and like, hey guys.
1: Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, this is so cool. I feel so welcome. I will say she's beautiful. She is one of the most stunning women. I, I have like tiers of people on this show that I think are beautiful. She is in that top tier with Nerise, frankly. Just stunningly gorgeous woman. Not intimidating in the slightest, even though she's quote unquote won two championships. Spinoffs are not championships that are like as legit to me. And one of them came with Jordan dragging her along through the final. She kept up with him, don't get me wrong. Like she she can do things, but she's not scary by herself.
0: <laughs> I just, it was the funniest moment ever for me because it, it, it was the Britney Spears walking out to like no applause, like reaction video. That was like, it, she just people very quietly clapping. Some people had no idea who she was And Kaz is a beast, like you said. She won two seasons. Uh, She is like a judo person. Like, she's like, she's a strong competitor, but had such a low energy compared to Jordan last week. It, It was comical.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, just because we had our Camilla moment earlier, I know that our female championship pool is not enormous because of frankly, some of the way certain seasons have been structured and, like, who's available. There are not a ton of huge female personalities to start out with if you don't plan on holding on to some of those huge personalities for later on in the season. I don't know how many mercenaries they're planning on using here. Um, I, I think that Kaz is so sweet, and she was so happy to be there. But that's... Um, she's not striking fear into the heart of anyone by showing up,
0: especially the way she walked into, or she yeah. just, she was just a total care bear. She was a sour patch kid in that moment. Like she was just, she was just happy to be there. She's like, oh, this is MTV. This is my first. Also, it's kind of crazy. This is her first time ever on MTV as a whole, even though she comes in as a two time winner.
1: Yeah, I'm sure so many viewers are gonna be perplexed when they see her walk on
0: oh baby the elimination itself oh she pulls the dagger that has big t's name so big t's facing kaz which cool that's what's happening uh big t makes sure to put on her lip gloss before the elimination
1: but then has goggles on also throughout the entire thing which was just killing me i kept thinking about her lips and her lip gloss and then she had on these like goggles that made her look like a bug but whatever <laughs>
0: A, a, shi- a shiny bug, especially because we can only see her head in this elimination Yeah. as players are rolling through barrels as they have to navigate, uh, a, a, you know, the arena, which is filled with sand, uh, grab a bunch of weighted flags and puzzle pieces inside them, uh, drag them to a little area. Once they have all five of their puzzle piece bags, they can then solve a puzzle. It was not the most exciting elimination I've ever watched. It's just, it's just a hard elimination to depict on camera
1: yeah and judging by the reactions of the people watching it um Kaz did look as clueless as she to to the people there watching as they as she did to us. She was frazzled and confused
0: <laughs> i just i couldn't stop laughing. i legitimately like it was so funny to me that they bring in like the mercenary like the the two time champ the two time winner she walks in, nobody's ever seen her. She's just and, smiling, and then, and then in the actual elimination, people are just roasting her. The, the, the actual challenge, are like, come on, champ, what, what's going on here? Like, you stink.
1: Yeah, like, imagine if it had been, like, a Sarah Rice or something. Like, someone that's, like, just, you need someone that is about the show. Like, that's why it, part of it was so great. Not just because Jordan is so excellent at the challenge, but, like, He's really genuinely proud to represent the champions and, like, really has that pride and that ego that doesn't want to lose. Kaz is, again, just, like, happy to be here.
0: We saw Big T do decently wellness elimination. And I think a big reason why is experience, which is hilarious because even though Kaz is a two-time winner, technically, she doesn't have a lot of experience. The Challenge UK was only four daily challenges and then a final. Uh, the Challenge World Championship, I mean, she competed alongside Jordan. She was great the entire season. She was a good competitor. Only saw one elimination though. Not much experience in the arena. This is Big T's, I believe, ninth elimination ever. Has done twice as many daily challenges. So Big T, even though she's never been to a final, had far more experience than Kaz. And you, you know, we talked about last week with Jordan, Jordan has so much experience, you can throw him into any elimination, and he'll figure out a strategy. Kaz is a beast. She's a strong, fit competitor, but she's never really done carnival game stuff like this on this level.
1: No, I think it's a testament to her fitness that she kept up with Big T pretty much, even though her strategy was not there. Um, It was completely lackluster, and Big T actually had a legitimate strategy of, like, at least getting all her bags to one point, and then bringing them over to whatever circle they had to get them into. But uh, Kaz was not that far behind her in terms of getting to the puzzle. And I think it was in actually one of the, heading into one of the commercial breaks. You see Big T starting to work on the puzzle, and Kaz is putting her last bag in. So she was not that far behind, but was completely befuddled by the puzzle, it seemed.
0: Yeah, Kaz is not good at math, not good at puzzles, uh, not really good at that type of stuff. Two-time champion, though. Don't, I mean, they'll remind you of that real quick. Um, <laughs> big T gets the puzzle done. Big T wins the elimination, and it's easily the best moment of Big T's challenge career so far. Like, it, it was a big win. I mean, this was, like, her first elimination win against a good competitor ever, and she gets to stay in the game. She gets to prove everyone wrong, because they all thought she'd lose, especially against a mercenary. That uh, keeps her and Melissa going. Uh, awesome for Big T.
1: Yeah, TJ's gassing her up. She's feeling really good about herself. I'm still not confident that she has any chance in the final, but Big T's happy. And I think that we need a little bit more friction in this game for a little while. So if that's Melissa and Big T providing that friction for us, I'm glad that we'll have that.
0: I don't even know if it'll be that, actually, because, like, they're obviously going to have friction within the house, but if it goes into the next week or in two weeks from now – It's just going to be those two nominated again, or it's going to be James and Callum on the men's side. And it's going to be repetitive, and it's going to be repetitive until they're gone.
1: I think it would actually benefit Big T enormously for Melissa to leave, because I think that she could maneuver herself a different way in this game for at least a little while. Um, But I think as long as they're both here... They're screwed. And Melissa, I think, will always have a target on her back just if, because of who she is and her personality. So even if Big T leaves, Melissa's not going to be able to fade into the background.
0: Yeah, Melissa kind of steals her fate, even going back to that Burner stuff, especially with this week. It just, that target on her is too big. Um, there, there's also more going on there. I don't know why Emmanuel hates Melissa so much. Like, he's very pent up over her. I, I, think, of- I
1: think it's still about the Burner stuff. Like, he just doesn't let things go
0: don't care about him and everything it's i think that's
1: yeah i think that's what that's my guess is what it is like he just doesn't he holds on to that grudge and i think Berna still is not like fond of melissa i think they made up but i don't think they're buddies so i think emmanuel will just he i think he's like very loyal like alarmingly loyal and will just carry a torch for anyone that he's loyal to he might also just not like her because of her personality
0: Put those two in elimination. Put those. Put Burnett in. I just don't even need them on my TV anymore. I'm sorry. I'm, um, I'm I'm over them.
1: They don't really do anything for me either.
0: I've talked, you know, lovingly about Colleen in the past. I'm thinking I'm over Colleen too. She's just doing nothing. She's not bringing anything to the table.
1: I don't know why I like Colleen. I think I it's a self-aware piece
0: for me. I Look, I love her, but it's like at at what point it's like – I have all this stock invested and it's giving me nothing. It just it's giving me nothing and I gotta like I gotta cut bait. But I'm afraid if I cut bait that she's gonna do something really cool. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean she did flirt with Fessy her first season. She's got potential. There's just not a lot of options for her, I I think her only game option right now, Alan, is to be in the background. That's the only thing she can do.
0: She's great at it. She's she's ph- phenomenal at
1: it. She's really, really good at it.
0: next week assuming we get a guys elimination it'll be Callum and James nominated because they are the two international guys on the outside there's a chance it could be awesome uh they show in the the preview for next week there maybe might be some Corey drama going on but I don't think he'll be tossed in
1: yeah I now I'm trying to remember what happened in the preview um Corey it seems like we'll always have some sort of spotlight on him. Anytime there's any sort of conflict. I think that I'm curious to see the daily itself looked like it was favorable to someone who's like agile athletics. So it'd be interesting to see who comes on top with that. Um. Yeah, it's just, it's going to be picking off the internationals. I think for the time being, I'm like, like all the other viewers, I'm excited to see who our next mercenary is.
0: That's where I'm fast-forwarding to my mind, and it's just not even a a disappointment in the show. It's just, I know, like, we're, we're in the autoplay portion of the season. Things are going to heat up in a few weeks, and the yeah. show will hopefully get exciting again. It's been good to this point, but I don't think we're going to get the best weeks coming forward. And that's not a, just in the show, it's just the state of the game and the format. The mercenaries will be the highlights.
1: Yeah, well, and I think at this point in the game, it's it's that trimming of the fat, right? We were just listing off names that were like, oh, they could go, they could go, they could go. I don't care about them. like, And not even to the point where, like, I have really strong feelings about it. I'm like, I just don't need it. Like, let's get down to the nitty gritty here. Or, sorry, the nitty gritty. Um, so that's just a natural progression. I'm really curious who our next mercenary is going to be, though.
0: What do you want to see of the guys that are left? Let's just say, let's just assume that CT is not coming because
1: we're going to hold on for a while.
0: Yeah. They're going to hold on to him, trying to get as much viewers for the potential CT. until he's actually here.
1: I could see Durrell coming in. Um, I don't see West coming in just because he made such a big deal about his retirement on the last installment.
0: Um, Who are our male champs? So we know who they, we, we know who's who's available. Um it's uh, it's Brad. Oh, it's Darrell.
1: They showed us all of them.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they announced the cast, they're like, here are our cast, and it was just the mercenaries at first. <laughs> Brad, Darrell, Devin.
1: Oh, Devin. That wouldn't be fun. Um That would be just as intimidating as Kaz, honestly. So, yeah, I guess, man, that's so lackluster. I would love to see, like, a Derek or, like, yeah, it is what it is. Even Hunter. I'd be kind of excited to see Hunter. It would be really funny to see him called a champ, even though he's won zero dollars.
0: His bald ass head, no money in his bank account, just getting roasted. He roasted. could
1: really use the, that at 10 G. So <laughs>
0: there, that would be no, that would be the funniest <laughs> shit ever. <laughs> Hunter finally having won money on the challenge because he won a mercenary elimination
1: as a champion. God,
0: So wait. They need you just just <laughs> for this. This is this is that would just be the best joke ever. Bring him <laughs> in every week. Have have him be just every week.
1: Yeah. Ah, what a missed opportunity. I'd even like to see Zach, honestly. And I don't like that man. (laughs) But, and because there's that added element of me as a viewer knowing these people. I don't like Zach. I would love to see him lose to someone. Like, imagine if he lost to, like, an Ossif. Like, he would die. He'd be so embarrassed.
0: And then you come up with some excuse. And in typical Zach fashion. Oh. This would be fun. This would be good. God. I, Hunter, I never even considered Hunter on the board, and you, you brought up the idea. And with the 10 grand on the line, it's uh, just so fucking funny.
1: But it's going to be probably Durrell, which would be the most exciting out of the options that are in front of us.
0: I, I'd like to see Brad in a Hall Brawl. It's something physical. Like- oh, yeah,
1: definitely something physical. I could see Brad. I, maybe he could wear goggles like Big T did. Um,. Oh no, I'd be here for it. That'd be fun.
0: Any last thoughts on this episode? Uh,
1: It was great. My girl Norris got a lot of screen time, so that's always a good thing. We got to see Horacio's abs quite a bit, so no one's complaining about that. Um, Just, I'm curious to see how, if people do win these eliminations against these champions, how the challenge is going to purge or get rid of everyone that is not getting eliminated at this time.
0: Probably in some fair way, like the challenge does, you know? The challenge is all about fairness and never bad formats or twists like that. Never.
1: Not once has that ever
0: happened. <laughs> all right, we're signing off, everyone. Uh, make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, if you're here right now. I mean, if you listen this long and didn't subscribe, that'd be kind of messed up. Uh, follow Zoe on Twitter at Zoe Trimble. Follow me on Twitter at The Allen Akiri. Overall, though, have a great holiday. If you're in America, Thanksgiving, and you know, have have a great weekend regardless.
1: Yeah, if you have a couple days off from work, congratulations. It's all that matters. Goodbye, everyone. Bye now.